0: Love, talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time and with me today for this episode of our football fantasy our uh, fantasy football draft strategy uh look in it is my co-host Scott King how you doing Scott I'm
0: doing good we we made yeah I know <laughs> play, so we, we survived
1: I and 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 you managed to uh, avoid getting into any major any additional major fights in the offseason over Twitter so that's a, a win right there in that category <laughs> at least not over football maybe over NASCAR and other racing sports but at least not over football. <laughs> it's going to be okay.
0: Yeah, for
1: sure. <laughs> um, so I gotta, I gotta ask you, Scott. I know, obviously, for those, for those of you who don't know, Scott is the. Uh, grandfather, or the godfather, I should say, I shouldn't say grandfather, jeez, I'm just kidding, you know, (laughs) the godfather of uh, Football Garbage Time, Uh, previously in charge of Football Extra Points and many other places, so he's uh, the reason why we exist now, but uh, Scott, man, fantasy football, I know you've been playing for a very long time, I won't say how many years, because that that will really date you and me, Um, but are you excited about the upcoming fantasy football season?
0: Yeah, absolutely, it's been it's been a long time, um, back in the days, sort of pre, pre-computer even, um, so it's good, I've, <laughs> done about, <laughs> I've done about 400 mock drafts, so I'm ready to get some live action going.
1: Nice, nice, because I remember back then we used to like take these stone tablets and we'd like chisel in the names of the players we liked, <laughs> <That's it. laughs> um, all right, so, uh, guys, we are going to be talking about fantasy football draft strategy today. And, I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of guys are in new places this season, which uh, is particularly exciting for me, uh, particularly with all the stuff that we're seeing. And as much as you may love to hate the Jets now of Aaron Rodgers, of course. You know, Hard Knocks just started, so we all have a, the, uh, a little bit of an inside look at what goes on during camp, and of course, we've seen already the first preseason game, so I am absolutely psyched. So today, we're going to talk about our fantasy football draft strategy generally, a little bit about certain players and tiers that we're looking at drafting and why, maybe even talking about some sleepers, and we'll talk about some of the impact of these new players and their new team. and injuries including the injury to Alvin Kamara and the New Orleans Saints. So let's, you know, let's get this thing rolling. All right, Scott, let me start with you, because I, I have some specific thoughts as well on draft strategy. I know you do because you've been tweeting about it as well. Uh, can we say tweeting, by the way? Now it's X, uh, can I say tweeting? Yeah. Is that wrong for me to call it tweeting? x uh,
0: crossing, Xing
1: post Xing?
0: <laughs> it just sounds yeah. wrong.
1: It just doesn't feel right. I'm going to keep saying tweeting. Uh, Elon can come, come sue me if he'd like to. No, please don't sue me, Elon. I, I didn't mean that. But uh, that being said, tell us a little bit about your draft strategy. And, and we as a group, as usual, do an annual mock draft over Twitter uh, around this time. And we just finished the ninth annual football garbage time Twitter mock draft. And we had some very surprising results there. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of which you pointed out, Scott, along the way. But give me your thoughts on your approach, to draft strategy, and just for everyone's, uh, uh, just so everyone knows, we're talking about PPR leagues right now. We'll we'll wind it back at the end and talk a little bit about standard non PPR leagues. But let's talk about PPR leagues right now. What are your takeaways here? What are your thoughts on how you're going to be approaching your draft and your draft strategy this season?
0: Yeah, I think I think it's a great question because this is a lot of of. Coverage you see on Twitter and a lot of questions around what you should do, and I think for me, what I always look at is, you know, what's my league? Right, you talked about a PPR, so that's that's an important aspect, and then where is their depth? And for me, I can do some things early on, and maybe get around to a, um, back to that position that has depth later, yeah. and still get some good value. And yep. so it stands out to me this year. And, and I'm showing my hand for our, our actual mantra or our actual fantasy league here coming up, but <laughs> there's taking a full you know, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Get your pen ready. So there's, there's about 10 running backs, 10 to 12, you know, if you want to stretch it out that I think are difference makers, right. And that's whatever you're, you've got the McCaffrey's and the Eckler's and, and Chubb and kind of on from there. But then after that, there's a lot of guys for me in call it 10 to almost 30 that are situational guys. They may pop, but there's no real difference. So going into this draft, I want to grab a running back early to make sure I get one of these difference makers. And I have some favorites, which I probably won't share maybe later. And then after that, I feel like I can, I can go and do some things that maybe be wide receiver, you know, um, you know, maybe even get an early quarterback. And then I can still jump back in and let's, you know, maybe grab a Cam Akers who doesn't get a lot of love right down in the twenties at a running back or, um, you know, and Isaiah Pacheco or something like that. So I think for me, it's, it's what what can I do early, and then what can I wait on because there's depth. Now, tight end is the, is kind of the converse, right? If you don't get, you know, Kelsey, they're all the same to me. Like, at that point, you might as well stream one and just deal with it. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I really look at the depth of the position and, and how much that can give me flexibility in how I draft. hmm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I, I agree 100% with the fact that I look at depth and decide how best to draft. And of course, this is reflected in my uh, drafting as well, and it probably will give some things away as how I will approach our actual fantasy league coming up this season. But the way I see it, so first of all, I completely 100% agree with you about getting some of the top running backs right at the very beginning I like that you really need to anchor your team with a running back and and my it's not only talent for me it's opportunity it's the opportunity to get the number of touches you need to be consistent from week to week because that's what i want out of my first second third round draft pick is consistency right i you don't need to- win the game for me every single week. I don't need to win every single week on the, the, you know, some gigantic uh, amount of fantasy points. I just need consistency. I just don't need this person to zero out <laughs> you know, some days, give me donuts. Mm-hmm. I, I can't have that for my first or second or third round pick. So I absolutely agree. And, and, I, and I do also agree that after the first, and I'm going to go shorter than 10, I'm going to say probably eight or so uh, of the running backs, that after that, there's pretty much a kind of a morass of decent upside running backs that I don't mind having as my number two, but I don't really care that much, right? I'm not tied to a lot of them. I do have some favorites, and I will mention those a little later, but I I tend to want to get one of those first eight or so, and then I'm going to be really weird about this because it happened in our mock draft, and I typically do not like drafting quarterbacks early, but I don't want to be afraid of drafting a quarterback early. So I think that that's something I'm going to do a little bit differently this year. And uh, I'm going to approach this from the perspective of if I can get a quarterback close to ADP, then I actually will pull the trigger on that. So that means I end up with a Patrick Mahomes in the third or fourth round. I doubt it because someone's going to reach for him before that. So be it. If I get a Josh Allen in the third or fourth round, I would pull the trigger on that. If I get a Jalen Hurts in that time, I would get. I'll pull the trigger on that, and then on down from there. You know, there's probably a handful, four or five others that I would pull the trigger on as well. Otherwise, then I would wait on quarterback. But I will not be afraid of pulling the trigger on a quarterback early this year. Uh, I know I only need one to start all season for most of the season long. But I, I don't. It's such a big difference now in fantasy football. Uh, it, having a quarterback that has the Either rushing floor or just a, just immediately dynamic offense built around him to make him an unstoppable fantasy for, f- fantasy point force, and and that of course is Patrick Mahomes, and then of course Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Fields all have that rushing floor. Joe Burrow is kind of elevated there, getting towards that kind of you know edging towards the Patrick Mahomes level of usage, and also uses his legs. And then there's those others that are kind of close like Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. But either way, I think that getting one of those guys is going to be more important to me than usual. So I will get that running back first. I will not shy away from the quarterback and I'm going to disagree a little bit with you, Scott, on the tight end. I do think Travis Kelce is in a tier of a zone, but I want Travis Kelce, Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. I want one of those guys. Um, I think that if I end up with one of the next couple guys on the list, you know, the George Kittle, Darren Waller, Dallas Goddard, you know, tier of guys. I'm okay. But after that, it is a complete, you know, question mark, right? I don't know what Kyle Pitts is Mm going to do in that system. I don't know what Evan Ingram is going to do. I don't know what Pratt Friermuth is going to do. I don't know what David Njoku is going to do. I have great, I have high hopes for them. Like, I know you have high hopes for David David Njoku as well. But like, I just don't know what they're going to do. And I just can't, I I don't want to have that. I want to have a tight end I can plug in every week. So I might actually reach a little bit to get one of the top three to six tight ends uh, and kind of go from there. The one group that I will wait on the longest is wide receivers. I think there are, obviously there are game winners up front for PPR. I will not, I will not in any way disagree with someone drafting Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, you know, any of those guys near the top, but I am going to wait on wide receiver. There is so much value out there past round 36, past round 40, past round 50 even, that I am willing to fill up my coffers on everything else first, get my two running backs, get my tight end, get my quarterback, and then come back and fill in all my wide receivers. I know that is very much not what people like to do in PPR, but I I just think there's just so much value there that – I'm going to want to reach and grab those wide receivers. I might have to be more active on game day, making sure I get the right matchups, but I think you can really put together a strong team doing that way. What, what do you think about the wide receiver? Cause that, I think that's gotta be the deepest position for fantasy football this year.
0: Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And, and, you know, the comments around taking a quarterback early and even taking one of those top tight ends early, you could do that because of the depth. I mean, I've, I've commented on it in, in some posts, and, you know, I'll talk about guys that I like here. You know, I like Braden Cooks this year. He's mm-hmm. down in the 40s, right? I mean, this is, a, mm-hmm. you know, he's moving into Dallas. He, he always is able to put up numbers. But, you know, you've got a Marquise Brown in the 30s, Calvin Johnson – or Calvin Ridley in the 30s. You've got, you know, Kadarius Toney in the 30s and 40s, depending on what yeah. rank you're using. These absolutely. are guys who can absolutely put up numbers and you can stretch, you know, you've got a Jackson Smith and Joe and Jigba in Seattle. You've got, you know, these are the guys that are way down the list, you know, yep. Qu- Quinn and Johnson, you know, the rookie going to LA. Now they're a little, they're a little stacked at wide receiver, but yeah, you're, you're exactly right. That depth at wide receiver and quality depth is going to allow you to do some things early. You know, yeah, you could go running back, quarterback, tight end. Yep. And then coming back around to receiver and then still get, you know, some quality guys and you end up streaming a little bit. But, you know, if you ended up, if you went, you know, Chubb, uh, Lamar Jackson, T.J. Hawkinson, and then came back around and grabbed, that puts you in the, Kerry McLaurin, Chris Olave range. Yep. yep. That's a pretty good team. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. I think I
1: think that's, I think that's what people are, are not actually, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I get it, right? I get your PPR. You If you draft like Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase and you flip around and get Cooper Cup, yeah, you will have an unstoppable wide receiver duo, no doubt. But who's going to be your running back? Who's going to be your quarterback? Who's going to be tight end? I think that there is a bigger drop-off in those positions than wide receiver. I'd rather do like what you said, yep. you know, get your running back, get your quarterback, get your tight end, swing back around. And, and these are the, here are the guys who ha, whose ADP are in the fourth round or later. Okay, get ready for this. T. Higgins, Terry McLaurin, Calvin Ridley with the Jaguars, Keenan Allen with the Chargers, DK Metcalf. Keenan Allen went criminally late in our mock draft on like the sixth round. That was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike Williams, Brandon Ayuk, Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, Drake London, Christian Watson with the Packers, Jerry Judy with the Broncos, Christian Kirk, very overlooked with the Jaguars, George Pickens with the Steelers, DJ Moore of the Bears. You know, I I love DJ Moore of the Bears, and he's going Mm. all the way down in the sixth sixth round or later, seventh round or later. I mean, like, that's that's, – and Chris Godwin is going after him. Come on, Chris Godwin? So, you know, I, I just think there is so much depth there that you could just if you went one, two, three, running back, tight end, quarterback, and then you did a run of wide receivers and you ended up three of those guys I just named, wouldn't you be happy with that? I mean, if you ended up with like a, you know, Keenan Allen of the chargers and Mike Evans of the Buccaneers uh, and let's take somebody deep, uh, you know, Jay Moore of the bears or Christian Kirk of the Jaguars, you know, I would feel pretty good about that trio of wide receivers.
0: Well, not only that, but you could you could swing back around, grab a bunch of those guys, and then you know there's going to be injuries, and you're either going to yep. have depth that you need or trade bait. And, right. Yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting. Uh, yeah, it's it's just an interesting interesting you know season and the way it breaks because I remember looking in past drafts and it was like oh there's so many running backs. The depth is crazy, and then now the depth is light, and there was this transition period on quarterbacks where it was kind of light. So it's it's just interesting right. to watch the depth kind of come and go at the different positions.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And and here you go. So if you want to wait to the seventh round for your wide receivers, here are the here's the list of wide receivers ADPs in the seventh round. Now this is this is ten team leagues, by the way. Everyone should know ten team leagues seventh round or later. But here they are. You got. Brandon Cooks of the Cowboys, Michael Pittman of the Colts, Deontay Johnson of the Steelers, Marquise Brown of the Cardinals, Jordan Addison, lots of hype about Jordan Addison of the Vikings, Jahan Dotson of the Commanders, Juju Smith-Schuster of the Patriots, Jackson Smith and Jigba, which you mentioned. Now we're down into the eighth round, ninth round. Rashad Bateman, Michael mm-hmm. Thomas of the Saints. If he bounces back, that'll be a steal in the ninth round. You know, so there's Kadarius Tony. He's another round later than that. So. There's so much depth there um, that you could get you can get away with four or five you know wide receivers start if you don't, if you don't even start drafting them to the fourth round in ten team leagues and be perfectly happy with that with twelve team leagues, uh, I might be a little bit more aggressive about getting my wide receivers in the fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, but like in ten team leagues you know I, I could sit and wait
0: yeah, and there's going to be the interesting part is people are going to finish leagues uh, league drafts. And they're going to go to the free agency list just to see who's out there. And it's going to be people saying, how is this guy not get drafted? How is this guy not get drafted? Is there going to be – there's going to be a bench where the guys sitting out there that can just be grabbed at any point.
1: Right. 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 Exactly. Totally agree. Uh, and I, I do think that, like, as you get into the season, wide receivers tend to emerge more often on the waiver wire. Um, yep. you know, they just tend to fit in more. And, and I just see that – you know, I, I want to have some flexibility to pick some of those guys up. I think this is the perfect way of, of doing that. Now don't, don't ignore your running back position after you get your anchor. I agree with you. You still want to get somebody in the next like 20, 30 ranks, so to speak. So the next three or four tiers of running backs. The other thing I will, I will say, and I've been talking about this and you've been talking about this too, but I don't like to think of players as individual. I mean, obviously they're individuals, right? No, no offense guys, but I think the thing them for fantasy football is tiers, right? There's, three guys mm-hmm. or two guys or four guys or five guys that I, I'm pretty happy with if I get one of those guys, right? I don't like going into drafts saying I will absolutely get, you know, A.J. Brown or I'm absolutely going to get, you know, um, Devontae Adams or something. I, I want to have a tier of guys that I will feel comfortable drafting. Because then I get some flexibility. Because when you get locked into a guy, you sometimes do that to your detriment. Because you don't look at the value that's around you. Because let's say that we're drafting together, and we have another guy who just, who's who's going to go uh, RB RB. He's going to go traditional RB RB, or he's going to go wide receiver wide receiver. You know, and he's going to open up some value for us if we're drafting after that person. Uh, and we want to be able to pivot and take, take take advantage of that, right? You don't want to be like, oh, but I need to have Devontae Adams here, so I'll just take him, even though. I see there's an opportunity to grab uh, somebody else like, you know, that I think is going to be just, you know, going to be good in a, in a, in a shallower position. Um, All right. So with that said, let's talk a little bit about what you're thinking about down the road. Like, so we all talk about wide receivers and we talked about how that's going to be an issue, but down the road, there's going to be lots of injuries. You talked about that already. So let's talk about two situations. Number one, the situation where there is an injured star player, that is not going to start the season or a, or a star player who is suspended <laughs> is not going to start the season. And number two, a situation where there may be an injury in the future because of injury history and you might want to handcuff somebody. So let's talk about the first first. And obviously I'm talking about Alvin Kamara. So we all know that Alvin Kamara has been suspended for three games um, due to a little scuffle he had. And that's done and said. That's in the background now. So now the question is, what do you do with Alvin Kamara? What do you do with that Saints backfield? There's been some reports that they're going to sign Kareem Hunt. It's kind of going back and forth. We're not really sure. He's going to spend some time visiting the Colts as well. We also know that Jamal Williams, the goal line uh, vulture of all vultures, Mm -hmm. is now there. And of course, they drafted rookie Kendra Miller, who I like a lot. So what do you think? How are you going to approach a backfield like the New Orleans Saints with a guy like Alvin Kamara, who could be a difference maker down the road, but clearly will not be playing in three games. And let's face it in a fantasy football season, there's essentially 13 weeks. So missing out on three games is about a quarter of the, of the way quarter of the season. So what are you thinking here? How are you approaching the backfield for the New Orleans Saints and Alvin Kamara
0: suspension? Yeah, I think, I think the interesting part here is the Jamison Williams uh, or Jamal Williams signing. Sorry, Jamison was on my mind. Jamal Williams <laughs> signing, and, and I saw that you know up close and personal last year in Detroit, and then the rumors of bringing in somebody else. And and when I saw the Kareem Hunt comment uh, or rumors, I said, you know, this, this is a backfield you don't want to touch because right. you know exactly as you said. Jamal Williams put up a ton of touchdowns last year, and I watched every game and every snap, and I saw all those touchdowns. He is a no-cut running back, just hand on the ball, he goes straight ahead, and he'll get you one to four yards. (laughs) And so, you know, that's what he's going to get you. And with or without Kamara, his values hurt because they're going to want to put Jamal Williams in at the goal line. Now you throw in a situation where – Kamara's coming back late. He's suspended. He's going to be away from the team. They're going to have to ramp him into game shape. So now you're talking suspended three games, probably a light load game four, maybe a full load game five, right? So now that's stretching out a couple more games. Well, you're five weeks into the year. You've got Jamal Williams there. They're going to have to sign someone else. Jamal is not a three-down back. So Mm -hmm. uh, Kamara's going to come back to – a crowded backfield, and for that reason, you know I don't touch him. Now on the flip side, I'll just jump to Jamison Williams in Detroit. He's got his six-game suspension. I think you can stash him, depending on your league settings. You may even be able to put him on some sort of a uh, excluded, you know, bench slot, and he uh-huh. becomes a waiver, a free waiver wire pickup that you're going to see you know, week seven right? at, at wide receiver. So just, just a little bit different situation there, but I'm concerned around the crowded backfield there in, in New Orleans, for
1: sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And what's interesting is if you look at how drafters have reacted to this, Alvin Kamara is currently going, according to ADP, uh, at 56 overall. So that's RB20. He's going behind the likes of Kenneth Walker in Seattle, who we have some questions about whether he's still going to be the guy there. Miles Sanders in Carolina, a new landing spot for him. We don't know how that's going to work with quarterback Damian Pierce in Houston. (laughs) One of those guys we all love, but we don't know what we're going to get out of him this season. And he's going ahead of Dalvin Cook, who doesn't have a home right now, uh, but is also one of those potential difference makers. And Cam Akers which again is a big question mark. And then you got James Conner right after that. And Rashad White in Tampa Bay after that. So, you know, what do you think here? Is that right? Is that the right place for Alvin Kamara to be going at 56 overalls, RB 20? I mean, if you do that, you clearly have to take another guy. Right. And I don't know who to draft. I I honestly don't know who to, who to draft in the Saints' backfield to be that guy that takes over for Alvin Kamara. I, I would almost be in a position where I would say, listen, I, I'm just going to take Kendra Miller because he's going to be so cheap for me to get that yeah. I might as well, I'll get him and I'll see whatever I get out of him. But I just won't, I was just plan on playing two different uh, running backs from other teams. Cause Kendra Miller being drafted at 152 overall, you basically get him for free uh, at the end of your draft. Um, and if it's a keeper or, or some sort of um, dynasty league, maybe Kendra Miller pops and you have a, have a winner there too. So, now, what do you think? Are, are you willing to take that risk? Or are you willing to take one of those other guys um, that have kind of perhaps a core questionable value uh, instead?
0: Yeah, I think, I think Kamara's main values is, is uh, causing him to pop way too much. I mean, you're talking, you take somebody that high and you're really not going to get full go production from them until game, game five. And then, you know how often do we see players that come in late, miss a lot of preseason, miss camp, and pull a hamstring, right? So now, now he's at, you know an injury injury risk. So I I definitely stay away from him. I probably the problem with Jamal Williams is if he doesn't get that goal line touch, he might get you four carries for eight yards, and that could be his right. line, or he could have four carries for four yards and four touchdowns and it right. will drive you insane <laughs> trying right. to manage through that on a weekly basis. So, yeah, I think Kamara's name's pulling him up. You know, there's probably, there's probably super casual fans who aren't even tracking his situation. Yeah. Who will end up drafting him and then go, Oh wait, why isn't he playing? <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I, I've seen that happen. Um, yeah and to those folks you will I think get Kendrick Miller at the end of the
1: game at the end of the draft or pick him up from your waivers cuz probably no one will pick him right. up you know um let me switch to another another pairing here that i think there's going to be some interest here as to what do you do here cuz Kenneth Walker looked like he was going to blow up in Seattle but now mm-hmm. in the second round the Seattle Seahawks draft Zach Charbonnet so <laughs> what are you going to do now right of course both of them have injuries, right? The, and, and Walker has been known to, to miss a lot of time due to injury. So, um, Kenneth Walker of a groin injury, that's he's missing some time in training camp. They, everyone's saying they're just being cautious, but I don't know, man. I mean, Kenneth Walker is injured all the time. Zach Charbonnet obviously has a, an injured shoulder. He actually is uh, right now out indefinitely. It's just the preseason, so we, don't, we won't know how serious that really is or they're trying to get him uh, back to game shape before they actually put them in, in, in harm's way. I don't know. But everyone was say, predicting that Charbonnet was going to get a lot of the carries, at least 50% of them, when they're both healthy. Now they both have questionable injuries. Kenneth Walker may be on the better side of that. Injury risk, what, what do you do there? How do you treat tra- drafting them, and are you touching Kenneth Walker, who is actually going 44th overall right now as RB17? Yeah, that's,
0: that's an interesting one because that's a situation – you know, you mentioned at the beginning about injuries and, and injury history. And I look at, I use um, Green Bay as kind of my example, right? So whenever I've drafted Aaron Jones, I take A.J. Dillon because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if Jones goes down, Dillon gets the, the load clear, you know, clear cut. And I think it's the same situation here, right? If you're going to grab, if you want to grab Walker, if you like him, you have to grab the handcuff. And it's a clear handcuff. You know, there's it's not three, four different people not knowing who to grab. It it cleans things up, you know, in a way that you can. I've been burned in the past where, you know, I've had a Derrick Henry, and the hit behind him is just a mess, and you can't handcuff mm-hmm. him. And Jonathan Taylor a little bit last year was in the same situation. Um, so I think there, if you target Walker, you know, and if you're okay with his injury or you think he'll be good to go, I think you grab the backup and hopefully Walker doesn't get hurt or you get him stashed. And maybe if he gets hurt by week five, six, uh, you know, you're good to go there. But that's a situation where it's actually a little cleaner one, two, than two, three, four guys behind him, where you're trying to figure out like, who do I even handcuff here?
1: Right. That's, that's very true. And and Zach Charbonnet going uh, at 117 overall right now. Uh, I think there's some value there to grab him even if you decide not to get um, not to get any Kenneth Walker early on and stash him, you know? I mean, if you have some yeah. sort of IR spot or something, you could stash him in. Zach Sharvin it could be a real steal there because, and particularly if you're in a keeper or some sort of dynasty league, uh, that could be helpful even in future. So certainly some things there to, to look at. Uh, And, you know, there's a lot of other developing issues across the league here with regard to running backs. Let me ask you one more question before we sign off for today. And that's about DeAndre Swift, because you've obviously watched a lot of DeAndre Swift when he was with the Detroit Lions. Now he is with the Philadelphia Eagles, a very high powered offense, uh, but not a high powered offense. that likes to rely on running backs a lot, mostly because Jalen Hurts runs so much and they have so many other weapons on offense. But DeAndre Swift, obviously lots of upside there in a high-powered offense that will score a lot. He's being drafted 69 overall at RB27, and he's being drafted ahead of Isaiah Pacheco. He's being drafted ahead of Javante Williams in Denver and James Cook in Buffalo and David Montgomery in Detroit. So what do you think here about drafting DeAndre Swift? Do you think there is some, some path here to fantasy goodness with that Philadelphia offense, or do you think he is just going to get buried uh, along that very, uh, that very large running back by committee?
0: Yeah. So, you know, Swift is a lot of, it has a lot of talent and upside, like you said, and the problem that I have and the problem that Detroit has, and the reason why they traded him away is he has a hard time staying on the field and he has fumbled the ball. And Dan Campbell was not going to put up with that. And that's what led to a lot of Jamal Williams' touchdowns and why I think it was a fluke. Now, people will see highlights of DeAndre Swift and just say, oh, he's so dynamic. He can catch the ball. He can run. He can make guys miss. Absolutely agree. But what happens in between is he's not on the field or he fumbles. And – there's a reason why Williams racked up all those touchdowns inside the goal line. So I think, you know, for me, he has good highlight tape. People get hung up on that, but without watching right. every snap and really understanding what you're getting, he's being overdrafted. And, you know, I wish him the best if he could stay healthy and not fumble the ball, he would be amazing. Yeah. But you're going to get this hit and miss and I don't see the Eagles head coach, uh, Sirianni, if Swift puts the ball on the turf, rolling him back out there and saying, Oh no, that's fine. Go get it again. Like I don't see, him, I see him as a, as a coach. who's like, if you drop the ball, like you might as well go hit the showers cause you're not seeing the field again. And that I saw that happen in Detroit, where Swift will disappear for quarters because he put the ball on the ground. And, uh, that's just, yeah, you know, So, for those reasons, plus the depth there, uh, I don't see him getting, you know, huge touches. They have so many miles to feed, tight end, wide receiver, uh, Hertz running. You know, what's he going to get? Seven carries? And right. And targets, you know? So, right. what's he going to do with, with ten touches, right? So, let's – I'd have to look back at the chart from last year, but, you know, that's what I. You know, the question though, so the big
1: question I have is who else are they going to use? Because, because obviously they they also brought in Rashad Penny, um, and they also yep. they still have Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. Um, it's a big kind of big question mark. And of course, Jalen Hurts is their leading rusher. So you, you got, I just kind of, I just don't know what we what's there to expect there, right? I mean, I, I don't think that uh, DeAndre Swift is going to get any goal line touches. Um, that's not really his role, uh, but he might. Um, I don't know. Will that be Rashad Penny then? I don't. I just don't know. Rashad Penny always injured. And another complicating factor is they actually paid Boston Scott, their fourth running back, more than they paid Rashad Penny. So, you know, you got to wonder, you know, what's going on here? I mean, they obviously didn't pay Boston Scott two million dollars. Um, to sit on the bench and then go get Rashad Penny for 1.3 and say you're their starter. So there's gotta be something going on there. I I just don't know how they're going to use all these pieces. And quite frankly, of all those guys, Kenneth Gainwell is the guy I'm most impressed with because of what he did in the system last year. He was very productive in that system. He already knows that offense. I would have stuck. If I was the Philadelphia Eagles, I might've drafted some depth and and kind of, you know, think about the future. I would have stuck with Kenneth Gainwell as a guy. Uh, and Boston Scott as the number two and not go and get these guys uh, who may have a significant impact, but have injury risk. And we just don't know how they're going to fit into the system. So I I am probably going to stay away from Deandre Swift, honestly. I'm going to stay away from that entire backfield.
0: I agree. And you know what, like do we think they're going to start the season with four running backs on the 53 man roster? Like what's to say (laughs) somebody's not, you know, traded for a 7th round pick or just like a right I mean there's no way they're going into this season with four running backs I
1: I, I I I agree I I just I mean I think there's something weird going on here I honestly they're going to everyone loves Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott in Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts and Boston Scott are like best buds so there's no possible way that he's getting cut and he's getting paid more than Rashad uh, Penny anyway if if there's an odd man out I think it might be Rashad Penny honestly Um, it might be just DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott back there, or maybe one of these guys are going to be returning kicks or punts or on special teams. I don't know, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, um, what they're doing right now. And I just want to stay out of it because I, I don't want to spend draft capital that early on something that may can be completely bust later on in the season. Um, all right, well, we've done it. We made it to the end and we actually went a little bit of overtime here. But let's hit the air horn on the show here. It always goes so quickly, and we have so much to talk about in fantasy football. We gotta have to do another one here, Scott, where we talk a little bit more about specifically the tiers of guys that we're targeting later in the draft. I know at the beginning of the draft, everyone has guys they love. I, you know, I'm not going to talk to you out of it. And sometimes you just get best available because you've got to get value and consistency. But there are tiers of guys later on, particularly in the wide receiver ranking, that I think we should talk about and give some uh, advice who are listeners out there about who they should be thinking about later in draft. So we should do that next time. I think that'd be fun. What do you think?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I mean, we're, we're right in the middle of it. We could talk about this. We could do a show every day and probably not, cover <laughs> no, all we and want. not get to everything we want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. Why don't you give absolutely. us your, uh, your, your uh, social media so people can follow you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, check me out at NFL fantasy underscore more fantasy football. Um, NASCAR fantasy, getting my league my, my lineups out. I'm running about 50% success on my fantasy I, NASCAR, so we're having a strong run this year.
1: Excellent, yeah. Everybody check that out and and feel get into an argument with Scott about racing because <laughs> that's fun. That's just fun. I, as a, as a pure observer who tries to stay above the fray, uh, I always have a good time watching all that unfold. So. Thanks, everybody, as usual, for listening and wasting time with us. Uh, I should very briefly mention our sponsors, Manscaped and BetUS. Manscaped, go get 20% off the free shipping, the promo garbage time at manscaped.com. And at BetUS, get 125% sports book bonus on initial deposit. Use the link on our website or use the link on the podcast information page. Thank you, Scott, for joining us. Thank you all for coming out and joining us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week.